morning, everybody. Really good to see you all. Very warm welcome to our service. And for those of you online as well, great to have you joining us this morning. This morning, as the main part of our service, we're going to be carrying on with the grand I am statements of Jesus that we've been going through. don't know about you, but I've been enjoying it so far, finding it really practical and helpful and uh, looking forward to today. So today is I am the vine. I am the vine. So looking forward to that. John, our pastor, will be speaking to us later. Just to warn the children as well, I'm afraid there's no children's talk this morning, uh, but there are a couple of other bits. So uh, John Fuller is going to be coming up after the first song and speaking briefly about Spring Bible Weekend, just to let us know a little bit more about that. And then later, we've got an interview with uh, Dr. Rosie Crowther. Uh, some of you know her, some of you maybe not so much. Uh, we're going to find out a bit more about what she's doing in Papua New Guinea. Uh, she will be doing a fuller presentation for us soon, hopefully after an evening service. Um, in a, a short while. We don't know exactly the date yet. We'll let you know. Uh, but this is just a bit of a, a help us to get to know her a bit more and get a bit of a taste of what she'll be speaking about. So we'll have that interview uh, a little bit later. Uh, I know some of my friends that came along to the quiz on Friday were slightly nervous about the fact that they were collecting their puddings next to a DVD that said Eating with Cannibals. Um, but uh, yeah. So we're looking forward to her sharing a bit more of, of her uh, story and her experiences. But let's start this morning by singing. The writer in this uh, song came to worship God in the same way that we uh, come to water. You know when you're really thirsty? You just you desperately want it. That's how this writer comes to worship God. That was his heart's desire as the chorus says. So let's sing. If that's what your heart's desire is this morning, to praise God like that, well then praise God. That's, that's great. And if it's not, then maybe this can be a prayer for you, that your heart's desire would be like the writer of this song. So let's stand and let's sing together.
Well, I won't be too long. It's a bit of a rallying call that I'm um, giving this morning. We've got the Summer Bible Weekend coming up very shortly in May. So it's uh, May the 20th. And it's really um, just putting out a call to you all to put your names down on a list for help. There's a list like this that's out in the foyer with different um, aspects of the arrangements that need to be done. So, for instance, we've got site management, creche, crafts, and younger groups, older groups, first aid, catering, all sorts of stuff like that. So if you're willing and able to put your name down to help in any one of those, would be really, really appreciated by us all. And it doesn't matter who you are, how old you are, how young you are, what you do, if you feel you're not capable or are capable, there is stuff for everybody to do here. It's such, um, it's such an encouragement when so many people put their names down to help in so many different ways. And the whole event doesn't work, firstly, if God's not involved in it, working through it. And secondly, by all of us coming together as a church and putting the effort in to, to make it all work together. I found it a real encouragement um, over the last few times that we've done it because we've had quite a few children that have stayed on from the summer Bible weekend that have come to Sunday school. At the moment, our numbers are down for, for many different reasons. So it, it's, it's something that we really need to pray about. Um, it's something that really needs to go ahead to try and get more children to come to, to Sunday school, to get them involved again. And I always find it a really good opportunity as a church to come together as a church and it just feels like we're, we're, we're a real unit together serving for the same goal and for the same direction to serve um, for God. So please, if you can, put your names down and give your time up. If you could do it, ASAP would be really helpful because obviously something this big takes a lot of organising so we need to know numbers and people who are willing to, to help and put their names down for it. And if you feel that you're not too sure where you might fit in or might be able to help, please speak to myself or Steph or John Hitch and I'm sure we can lead you in the right direction where we can see you to be used in a good way. And every single person in here can be used in this event whether it's helping on site, helping with games, or even if it's not, you're not able to help on the day, but you're able to be at home praying for the, the th event, it would be absolutely brilliant. So please, I do ask, if you can, ASAP, put your name down on the list. We can start to get it arranged together, and we can start to get it um, all sorted. And then at a later date, I will um, get in contact with you all, and we'll start to put together teams and who's going to be where and how it's going to work. But before then, if you can continue to pray for it as well, pray that, that first and foremost, God will be glorified and honoured through this work and pray that the children will want to come and that they would stay on. And most importantly, what we want is the children to be um, converted to know God, don't we? We want to pray that these children will come and they will grow to know and love the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's out in the foyer. Please, if you can, put your name down. Every single person in here will be used if you put your name down. And it's a really good opportunity to serve God as, as a church together. So... That's my rallying call, so please take it up. Thanks, John. So we're going to be reading now in John chapter 15, and it's verses 1 to 17. It will be on the screen if you uh, prefer to look at that. Uh, John chapter 15, verses 1 to 17. And as we go through this, uh, particularly take note of the repeated words that come up. Uh, so maybe have a little list in your head of the, uh, the repeated words. So John chapter 15, verses 1 to 17. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me. 
and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so I have, have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Well, we're going to sing another song now uh, that uh, includes one of the words that was heavily repeated. I don't think you'll find it too hard to work out what it is. Uh, so we're going to stand and sing Abide With Me. And then after that, uh, we're going to have the interview with Dr. Rosie Crowther. So.
So firstly, thank you so much for coming and speaking to us this morning. We really appreciate that. Uh, so Rosie's joining us from Papua New Guinea. So if you could first share, uh, for those of us who don't know, where on earth is Papua New Guinea and why did you go there? No. Morning, everybody. <laughs> well, you can see from the slide, I didn't know where it was either, so I had to get my map out. Um, uh, geography was never my best point. <laughs> so north of Australia, and you can see where I am at Rumgine. And the next slide um, shows you where I actually live and what it looks like, where my house is, and what a beautiful view I have in the middle of the jungle. Lovely, wow. Um, and we, we ask this in the nicest possible way. I think this comes from a, a heart of love rather than wanting to get rid of you, but uh, a few people have been wondering when you're going back. <laughs> yep, that's the question I get asked most. <laughs> um, I'm God willing, I hope to go back in uh, October, November this year and serve for one more three-year term or so. Yeah. Lovely. And, uh, I mean, you could probably talk all day about this, but can you share some of the key things that you've learned in your time out there. You're right. There's many things I've learnt. And you know, it's such a privilege to go and work in a cross-cultural situation. You just learn so much from the people and from God. I've learnt, as we read this morning, without him I can do nothing. It's so true. I've learnt to depend on him, to trust in him, to remember that I'm not in control. He's the one who's in control. And in Papua New Guinea, the land of the unexpected, you really do have to learn flexibility. Nothing happens according to plan. So you have to learn to trust him and depend on him. And I've learned about relationships. It's a relationship culture. So tasks are less important than relationships. And you know, that's true too in my relationship with God. He's not so interested in what I do. He's more interested on what I'm becoming. He wants me to become more like Jesus. Um, so I've learned to um, accept that tasks are not so important as relationships. Yeah, so many things I've learned, actually, mm. and I'm still learning, learning to be content in every situation. <laughs> um, thank you. And... Um yeah, so we're looking forward to hearing a bit more about that when you do your fuller presentation. And can you share just very briefly as well why you went out there in the first place? Okay, um, God is the short answer. <laughs> I went to a Christian conference uh, just for a spiritual recharge, actually. But um, the first uh, message was on called to serve overseas. And I kind of said to God, I don't think you're calling me, but just in case... And so I went to the missionary exhibition and got every leaflet I could find and took time to pray. And I was very surprised uh, to be called to the land of the unexpected. And um, I've been there now for 25 years. It took time as I investigated um, that whether that was what God wanted. But as I investigated and prayed, I became more and more sure that God was calling me, even me, <laughs> to go and serve him overseas. And I'm so thankful for the privilege that it's been. Mm. Yeah. We'd love to pray for you. What can we pray for you? What would be the key things to pray for you? Well, number one is that I'll be more like Jesus, um, that I'll keep growing in likeness to him. <clears throat> 
pray that as I go around, I'll be uh, an encouragement to the churches, um, that I'll be myself replenished and renewed. Um, yeah, come back a bit depleted, so it would be nice to be filled up again. Um, and maybe you could also pray for Papua New Guinea. Um, pray, I think the next slide shows what I think the church is like. It's like a, um, a man with a foot in two canoes. So many of them say they're Christians, but they still hold on to magic and sorcery. And the third, the third leg is in money and development. So please pray that they will learn to put their hearts and lives deeper into the word of God. And you can pray that for me too, that I'll be grounded in the word of God and abiding in Jesus. Well, we're going to, I'm going to pray in just a moment. Thank you so much for coming and speaking to us. Appreciate that. I'm sure many of us are looking forward to hearing a bit more soon, but thank you for sharing that with us. Well, let's pray for some of those things and for some other things as well. So let's commit these things to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, we thank you that we can pray to you that we can speak to you freely this morning because of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that we'd see that as such a privilege, such a wonderful thing. Lord, may we join in one as prayer. Lord, so it's not just me speaking, but all of us coming together to pray to you. Lord, we thank you that you are good, that you are all-powerful, that you sustain us. Lord, that even now you are holding the universe together. Lord, I pray that we'd have a sense of that as we come and pray to you now. And Lord, we just thank you so much for what we've just heard, uh, for bringing Rosie to us, for being able to share those things. Lord, we do pray for her and that situation. Lord, we pray, Lord, that she would be more like Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your work in her, for saving her, for sanctifying her, for the blessing that she is to many of us, probably much more than she ever realises. But Lord, we pray that you would make her even more like Jesus, as she so longs to be. And Lord, that she would be a real blessing to those in Papua New Guinea. Lord, I pray that as those people meet her and talk to her, Lord, that it would be as if they are meeting Jesus themselves. Lord, that's the remarkable thing that you call us to, to be your body on earth. Lord, forgive us for when we fall so far short of that. Lord, may each of us have that desire to be more like you. Help us as a church to be more like you. Lord, we pray for these things. Lord, we pray that the people out there, Lord, may hear more of Jesus and that they may want him more than anything else. Lord, we have heard that they're a bit like a man standing with a feet in each canoe. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that they would realise like Paul that Jesus is greater than anything else, more worthy of praise than anything else. Lord, I pray, Lord, that there may be an understanding of just who Jesus is, especially in terms of the, the magic and the witchcraft and those things. Lord, we thank you that on earth, Lord, you demonstrated your by far superior power over all those things. Lord, I pray that they would have a sense of that. And Lord, I pray that for us too. Lord, it may be different things in our lives that we get caught up in with, but the reality is that so many of us have a foot in either canoe as well. Lord, there may be part of us that wants to follow Jesus, but maybe a big part 
wants to, to still love other things, to still have those as central in our lives. Lord, give us a bigger view of Jesus this morning. That says, he is my all, he is my everything, he is my heart's desire. Lord, forgive us. Lord, revive us. Lord, help us. And Lord, I do just pray for Dr. Rosie again, Lord, that as she's over here, Lord, that you would refresh her in her soul. Lord, we thank you that she's able to go to different conferences, meet with different Christians. Lord, we pray that it would be like a refueling station. And that as she goes out to serve once again, Lord, that she'll be able to be a blessing because of her time here. And Lord, I just pray as well, Lord, for anyone else who's here who may feel a calling. Lord, or maybe you are calling and maybe they don't even feel it yet. Lord, we pray that they would be listening to what you've got to say. Lord, we heard that Rosie was, was surprised by your calling. Lord, there may be here that people here this morning that are surprised by the fact that you may want to use them. But Lord, you use us when we maybe don't expect it. You use unexpected people. Lord, so often we feel so inadequate. And yet, Lord, you delight to use people that are so inadequate and so weak. And Lord, if you're calling us, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to listen and to obey, even if it requires much sacrifice. Lord, we thank you that you see these things. But Lord, we thank you as well, Lord, that there is treasure in heaven for those who follow and obey you and listen to your word. So Lord, we, we bring all those things before you this morning. Lord, we just pray for the Spring Bible Weekend as well. Lord, we thank you that that's on the horizon. The plans are, are very uh, early on, but are starting to get together. And Lord, we just pray above all, Lord, not only that you'll provide helpers, but as John said, Lord, that you would be there. Lord, that's what we long for above all, that you would be there for that weekend and that you would be at work. Lord, we pray for that above anything else. Lord, we thank you so much for the quiz night and for how that went. Lord, I thank you for helping all those involved with the questions, the testimony, all the marking, the puddings, uh, the help setting up. And I'm sure there's more that I haven't said. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we can work as a team to get those things done. And I thank you for uh, your word that went out, for the conversations that were had. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you may use that night for eternal good and for your glory. Lord, I pray that you'd help Keith Gilbert and John Martin as well, as they are preaching your word, sharing your word with others today. Lord, we thank you that your word is powerful and effective. And Lord, I pray that you bless them in their souls as they seek to bless others. Lord, use them, use what they say, Lord, to um, impact, change and encourage others. Lord, we thank you for those opportunities as well where we can share uh, what Christianity is all about. Share your love with the world. Lord, we think of exploring Christianity and we've got that going on both in the church here and also in prisons. And Lord, we pray for that. Lord, we pray that you would reveal yourself to people. They would understand the wonder of who you are. Understand your love for them. Understanding that you are a God who delights to forgive. And that they'd be willing to commit their lives to you. Knowing that you are worth following and that you are the good shepherd. Lord, I pray as well uh, for the YP weekend away. Lord, coming up this next weekend. Lord, we thank you for it, for the blessing it's been in the past. Lord, as we look particularly at how we engage in culture. 
on that weekend, Lord, I pray that it would be useful, that it would be practical, that it would be biblical. I pray that you'd help those doing the talks, help us in discussions. Lord, I pray that we may see more and more just how much we need Jesus and just how good Jesus is. So Lord, do bless us in that. Keep us safe in the activities. I pray that it would be a fun, God-glorifying weekend. Lord, I bring James Swanson before you as well. And those involved in the, um, the earthquakes and just everything going on after that. Lord, I just pray for them. Some of us heard on Thursday just uh, incredibly difficult circumstances that they're in. Lord, I pray that you'd bless them in a way that only you can. Lord, I pray that you'd uh, help James. Thank you for helping him. And as they hand over to others as well. Lord, that they would make a difference. But Lord, above all, Lord, we pray that you would just be close to them at this time. Lord, we cannot imagine what it is like. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would support them in such a way that it would be very evident to those around them that you are blessing them. Lord, we might know many of those in that area, Lord, they don't worship you. Some of them worship other gods. Some of them don't worship any god at all. Lord, I pray that they would see your hand and that they would come to worship you through that terrible situation. And Lord, I just pray for us as well, Lord, that we would have such a gratitude for what you've given us. Forgive us for when we take so many things for granted. Help us to adore you. And rather than just to think, we're fine, we don't need you, actually to think, look at how good you've been to us. And Lord, I just pray as well, Finally, Lord, that you would be with us this morning, that you'd help John as he speaks to us about I am the vine, this grand statement. Lord, help us to get some of what you're saying this morning, some of just the, the, the power of what you're saying and the importance of what you're saying. Lord, I pray that we'd go away from this place today knowing that you've spoken to us. So Lord, we bring all these things before you and ask for your help as we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, one of the other key words that came up in our reading uh, was love. And uh, so I'm just going to read the start of this next song. Uh, Let love be found among us, a love from God alone, the hallmark of the children whom God delights to own. So when the music starts, let's stand and sing.
So living the good life. That's something that uh, many aspire to, many want to live a life as it should be lived. Uh, whether it's going self-sufficient, like the old sitcom, The, the Good Life, or whether it's um, the thought of retiring with lots of money to the Caribbean, or whether for some it's partying away the weeks, or maybe for others committing to some sort of rigid religious routine and life. In different ways, people want to live the good life, the fulfilled life, the fruitful life. Well, perhaps you're on the hunt for the good life, to live the good life. (coughs) Maybe you don't even think that deeply. The teaching of Jesus uh, that we have before us this morning really has a bearing on this whole theme of living the good life. It It shows where the good life, if you like, is to be found, where life is rich and uh, with God and as it should be and uh, as it uh, will be useful to others. The fruitful life, the good life, is taught really in our passage. We've been striding our way through Sunday mornings through the great I Am declarations of Jesus. It's a tremendous series of statements. I hope you found it helpful. And we come this morning to another tremendously big claim, as we'll see in a minute, But it's also the one which I think speaks perhaps most directly to our ongoing lives. Um, It's one that many Christians have found uh, so encouraging, um, heartwarming, devotionally rich. In fact, I was speaking to two people yesterday who said that uh, this was amongst their favourite passages that we're on this morning. And here it is, especially the saying in verse 5 of John 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Something similar is said in the first verse where Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. This passage makes clear that life needs to be lived with a living connection to Jesus. That that is where the good life is, if you like. It's lived in connection, living connection with Jesus. Um, Jesus is here speaking to his disciples. It's the night before (coughs) he he, he is going to die. Uh, They know that he's going to leave them and he's bringing before them some key things as to how to go forward, how to live life after he's left them, how they should carry on serving in this world, how they should go forward with the message of the gospel to others. And a key part of all this teaching that Jesus gives them is here, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, 
you can do nothing. Well, what does this mean? What does that mean? What does it mean about Jesus? What does it mean about us? What does it mean about our relationship to him? What does it mean about going forward? Maybe you've come to know Jesus as the way, as we heard last week. Well, how do you go forward from that point? Maybe you're a young Christian. What is, what, how, sh how should life be? as you tread forward over the months. Maybe you're an older Christian. How, how do you go forward? How do you keep going? Maybe you're in a new phase of life. What are some of the key things as you go forward living this life here on earth in the next stage? Well, as we think through this teaching, rich teaching, full teaching this morning, um, we're going to do it particularly in three main parts. We're going to look at something to do with the vine, Something to do with the branches and then something to do with the sap. So here first, the true vine. And here we see the impressiveness, if you like, of this claim. The vine. That is, if you like, the grape bush. You've maybe seen wine producing vineyards. Maybe you've been to other countries and sometimes you've been on veranda or patios where there's been trellises and things above you and vines have been growing and grapes are draping from the vine. Vines can get very big. Uh, do you know where the biggest uh, vine in the world, or according to my internet anyway, the biggest vine in the world is? It's a Hampton Court in London. Maybe you've seen it, I haven't seen it. The grapevine was planted by Capability Brown, 250 years old. The circumference at the base is four metres round. The longest rod, as they call it, is 120 feet. These vines can grow very big. And they're very prominent in the, the life of the Middle East, perhaps less so here, um, it was a bit of a, a national symbol in Israel. In fact, it was on some of their ancient coins. It wasn't the sort of the rose of England or the, the thistle of Scotland or the maple tree of Canada. It was uh, the vine was a symbol of the nation. And in the Bible, the picture of the vine is used quite a lot in the Old Testament and in New Testament parables. Uh, God formed his people and they're pictured as a vine. Um, he sort of fed them, he nourished them. They were to grow into a big, fruitful, useful vine. And yet the readings we have in the Old Testament and indeed in the parable show that they have proved a disappointment despite all the goodness poured into them. They had failed. Isaiah 5, Ezekiel 15, chapter in Hosea and others. And with sadness they look on the people of God in the Old Testament and they reflect God's sadness, if you like, at the state of God's people. It should be different. There should be life. There should be fruit. There should be liveliness. But instead there seems to be ruin. 
barrenness. And in the Psalms, you have a longing for someone to come and revive God's people, God's community. So vast, which now seemed in ruin. So in Psalm 80, you have the psalm writer, the songwriter crying out in verse 14, Turn again, O God of hosts, look down from heaven and see. Have regard for this vine, the stock of your right hand planted, and for uh, the son whom you made strong for yourself. Verse 17, But let your hand be on the man of your right hand, the son of man whom you have made strong for yourself. Then we shall not turn back from you. Give us life and we shall call upon your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. So God's people were seen as a vine. It's failing. A son is expected to come and things might be restored and different. And then Jesus comes and says... I am the true vine. I am the vine and you are the branches. You see, the, this is a seismic claim. God's community really centres on him. It comes through him. It needs to be in contact with him. The Old Testament people and religion had failed, their, their religion ended up compromised and it ended up empty and it ended up hypocritical and it ended up formal and Jesus comes and instead there is the true vine, the life-giving vine, the way in which God's community can thrive and flourish. The true vine is the way Jesus describes himself, this is a big claim isn't it? It's a big claim. God's community, God's people centre on me, come through me. Another way of putting it is uh, that Jesus, if you like, is the, the power supply, the, the mains electricity. As suddenly the lights go out in your house. And you look at your appliances and there's no digital clock working unless there's a little bit of battery in them perhaps. The TV's gone off if it was on and you look out the window and everyone else's lights have gone off and there's no street lights and you know there's been a power cut. Things have been cut off from their power source. Jesus is the spiritual power source of spiritual genuine life, of all genuine spiritual life. So children, you didn't get an object lesson but you've got plenty to interest you in the interview. But uh, I've got a, an object here which might help you and probably the rest of us. So I've got a kettle here and there's, there's water in the kettle and I might like a cup of coffee. In fact, I'm usually happy to have a cup of coffee at any time and there's water in the kettle. But am I going to get a cup of coffee from this? Why am I not going to get a cup of coffee from this? Or a hot cup of coffee anyway. Yeah. Because it's not plugged in. So there's no power coming to it. So I can put it down there and I can wait for my cup of coffee and I can get my coffee and my milk and my sweetener and my mug and whatever. But there's nothing going to happen because it's not connected to the power supply. 
And Jesus, as you like, is the power supply of spiritual life. And if we're not connected to him, however much we might look the part, nothing's going to happen. Because spiritual life comes through Jesus, the true vine. So you wanting to live the good life, life as God intended, alive, then you need to be connected to Jesus, the true vine. Move on. These are connected, but let's move on to think about the branches and particularly the fruitful branches is the note that I want to strike. Jesus makes clear that the disciples are the branches. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. So we are not the vine. Let's get that clear. The source of life is not in us. We're the branches. We need to be connected. We need life to come into us. And Jesus' intention is that we are fruitful branches. You cast your eye and see how often the word fruit comes up in the passage. If you've got it open, John 15, on your app or in the Bible, have a, scan your eye down what we read from uh, 1 to 17 and see where the word fruit comes up. And if you see it, perhaps you could just... Uh, Shout out the verse so that others can look to it as well. So if you see the word fruit, shout out which verse it's in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. any others 16 thank you I think we covered most of them I've got down verse 4 it's there three times so let's read that again abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me uh, sorry I'm on the wrong one there actually that comes later Verse 4, verse 2, three times, verse 5, verse 8, and verse 16, twice. So the Lord wants fruit, fruitful branches. And now some produce no fruit, no fruit at all. It's like the dead wood. Uh, you have a, a, a winter clear-up sometimes in your garden and you get all the sort of brown, dead stuff out the way. It might be around the good plants, the lively plants, but that's no good. And you collect it up and in those days they put it on the fire, burnt it, it was no good. Maybe you put it on the fire or in the brown bin or on the compost. It's no use to the gardener, it's fruitless. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If there's no fruit, and if we're not connected to Jesus, there will be no spiritual fruit. And the Father is not interested in dead wood religion. He wants lively, useful religion. So the, the branches which are unconnected are collected up and taken out of the way. 
There are some where there is a, a little fruit. Most of us bear little fruit as disciples, not as much as we could be. And the gardener gets to work and the, the vine is cut right back by the vine dresser so that uh, it then grows again and is more fruitful and more grapes occur on it. Verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. The Lord uses circumstances in our life, difficult circumstances, to produce the fruit that he wants on the branches. I was talking to somebody this week who'd had a, a very difficult 12 or 18 months, tremendous work pressures, a tremendous disappointments, a really gruelling period. But a time that had been fruitful, they said. They learnt new lessons, understand more about God, understand more about others. We're going through current difficulties. Maybe God's overruling them like a gardener, trimming us. It's painful, we don't want to be trimmed, but it's producing fruit. Because the Lord wants much fruit from the branches. That was obvious in so many of these verses. He wants much fruit from the branches. Verse 8, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. This grapevine, Hampton Court, the average crop is just under 300 kilograms of uh, grapes. Now, I reckon that's probably about uh, 1,500 good-sized bunches of grapes. That's pretty fruitful, isn't it, for a single vine? That's pretty fruitful. And the Lord wants much fruit. That's what he wants from his disciples, much fruit. He, he's not especially aiming for one uh, sort of shriveled little grape. He wants his disciples' lives to be fruitful and abundant. Fruit that lasts. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. You want to be fruitful as you go forward in life in the next phase of life. That's what Jesus wants. He wants there to be fruit and to be much fruit, to be more fruit. But what is this fruit then? Some say the, the fruit is the conversion of others. But I don't think that can be chiefly what it's talking about. The Lord doesn't clear out those who have not been used in the conversion of others. What is this fruit then? We get light, light on it from other parts of the Bible. From Paul's prayer in Colossians 1, it's a life pleasing to God, which is fruitful in every good work. We get it from the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, verse 22. This is fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness, self-control. It's a life that is useful to others, Titus 3 and verse 15. Verse 14, and let our people learn to devote themselves to good works so as to help cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. Well, I think it could be well summarised by what Rosie said. It's Christ-likeness. It's being like Jesus. That's what it is to be fruitful in our lives. And it's an everyday thing. I love the title of a book I've come across. Maybe you've come across it, Fruitfulness in the Front Line. It's about being fruitful where you're going to be midday tomorrow. Oh, where you're going to be midday tomorrow. That's a place to be fruitful. It's a place to be Christ-like. It's a place to have the fruit of the Spirit. It's a place to be useful to others. What's the secret of this fruit? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? And we're going to be sounding this, aren't we? It's being connected to Jesus. Uh, Verse 5 is very stark. I think it's very humbling. I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. We often pray that before the service, recognising our dependence on God, where apart from me you can do nothing. Verse 4 underlines it, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. It's humbling. Fruit only comes when we're connected to Jesus. But it's also encouraging. Because he says, with him, connected to him, we can bear much fruit. Verse 5, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Well, you say, I'm not a very fruitful Christian. I don't seem to be getting on very well. Uh, I'm not like others. Well, what's the way forward? The way forward is to be strongly connected to Jesus. And then what happens? You bear much fruit. It's very encouraging. It's very encouraging. Humbling, but encouraging. So the fruitful branches, not the no fruit branches, uh, not the little fruit branches because they're trimmed and pruned, but fruitful branches as they're connected to Christ. Well, let's go a little further, a final area, to think of the life-giving sap. The living branches have sap running through. The dead ones don't. That's why they burn so well, because it's dry and there's no moisture in them. But the living ones have sap coming through you know sap is the sort of substance that goes up from the roots and through the branches down to the end of the the plant Uh, some some plants if you cut them you get the sap coming out maple syrup is really the the sap the sap from a a maple tree Uh, rubber rubber is basically a sap isn't it Rubber comes out of a, of a tree and is used, but it's the sap, it's the moisture going through. 
and where you have moisture going through to the end of the plant, to the branches, you have life. And if you don't have much moisture, you don't have life. So you get this word which occurs, abide or remain. So stay connected to, draw on, be linked in with. Talks of our union with Christ. Well, have a scan for this word, because the word abide occurred quite a lot in the passage. Obviously, a key word that we remain connected, drawing from the Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you see the word abide, perhaps you could shout out which verse it's in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We've done them all. Well, I've I've got down. This is this is where I misread earlier. So, verse four it occurs three times, and verse five. And verse 6, and verse 7 twice, and verse 9, and verse 10 twice, and then again at verse 16. To abide. This is obviously very important. To stay connected to Christ. To draw on his strength. To have him and the things that come from him flowing through us to make us fruitful. It's the work of his spirit in our lives. Now, I remember when I was uh, working at, um, in human resources at uh, Kent County Council a long time ago now, I had to do quite a, a, a big project. Well, for me, it was a big project anyway. It was part of a, a my sort of professional thing that I do this big project. And uh, I had to look into the uh, communication of the human resources function. Well, at that stage, I was used to teaching children a lot in Sunday school. So when I presented to the, uh, the HR management team, I uh, pictured it as uh, an octopus with bad circulation. Uh, I don't know quite how that, what they thought of this young upstart with his bright ideas and his Sunday school visual aids having a picture of uh, an octopus with bad circulation. But the idea really of the, the central sort of human resource having all this life and good ideas and thoughts and, and uh, yeah, especially down the bigger departments at that stage, the police, the social services, the education, you know, the, the life and the thought and the policies and the initiatives, you know, for the small departments, it went down okay, but the big ones, it get lost. It doesn't reach the bottom. They weren't drawing on the life, the initiative, the ideas, the resources of the centre. Well, they, they were kind enough to sort of be gracious to me, and I, I wasn't demoted. But um, I thought, in a way, it's a similar picture to what's happening here, isn't it? You've got the, the life-giving source of Christ and all that he is, and that, that, that needs to be down in the branches, in us. And then we're fruitful. Where the circulation is bad, the, the fruitfulness will be poor and weak. There won't be Christ-likeness. There won't be the fruit of the Spirit. There won't be a usefulness in people's lives. Well, what, what is this sap 
what, 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 what things are in this moisture which comes from Christ down his disciples to make them fruitful. We want to know this, don't we? Because we want to be more fruitful, don't we? Well, there are some clearly here. There's his words. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. His words. Uh, one of the words that was often there, yeah, you may have noticed it, was commandments. His words, his teaching, what he asks. If my words abide in you. If, if the things that come from me, if the teaching that I've conveyed, if, if, that's, if that's living in you, if it's going through you, if it's present, if you're absorbing it, you'll be fruitful. And so, this is encouraging, this is encouraging for us in, in going forward that we do need his words to be in us. We do need to think of the words of Jesus. We need to mull over them. We need to be living them out. We need to be conscious of them. That is where there will be life in our Christian life if the words of Jesus are coming down and living in us. That is part of the sap, if you like, in the picture. What else is there? Well, his love. His love. Verse 9, what a verse, verse 9 is. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, abide in my love. This love theme comes up a lot. You probably noticed it as we read through. Verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than someone lay down his life for his friends. So what if, if you like is one of the great secrets of the Christian life is just to be increasingly aware of the love of God to be shaped by it, to be changed by it, to, to channel it, to have that immense, amazing, eternal love of the Father which is shown in the coming of his Son, which is extended to us to have that wonderful love, that fountain of love flowing through us in our lives. It will make us fruitful. Somebody this week was talking about somebody preaching quite a hard message and they said, you know, it's, it's just one of those uh, another brick in the rucksack type of messages that sends everyone out with more burden and more things to do. Well, the message is very different here, isn't it? It's, it's just be in touch with the love of God. Contemplate the love of God. Live aware of the love of God and then you will be loving in your lives and your lives will be fruitful and useful. It's not another brick in the rucksack. It's, uh, it's, the, it's, the, it's the, the electric power coming through to energise. That's the sap. It's the words of Jesus. It's the love of Jesus. And there's at least one more in here. We'll just pick one more. 
that shows the sort of things that the, the sap that comes through to the branches to make them fruitful. And this is based in verse 11. It is his joy. His joy. Verse 11. Another wonderful verse. These things I have spoken to you. What? Why are you saying these things, Jesus? These things have I spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be little and small and tiny. Is that what it says? That my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So as we're aware of, you might be surprised, you're surprised that Jesus is to do with joy and full joy. Well, you've got the wrong idea then, haven't you? There's a joy in the Saviour towards his father, towards his people. There's a great sense of joy and there's a joy that comes from Jesus when we know him and what he's done for us. And it's one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy and Christians are told to rejoice always. There are good reasons for joy. And as we're in tune with God and his gospel, that, that joy, if you like, the, the sap that comes down the branches and, and, and as we're open to it and aware of it and conscious of it, then our joy will be full and the grapes will grow and there'll be a fruitfulness in our life. And we won't be a shriveled little Christian, but we'll be a useful, life-giving, connected Christian, connected to the vine. So the life-giving sap, that's some of the things in the passage, isn't it? His words, his love. His joy from Jesus through us. Isn't that what the Christian life is about? And is that the way you're wanting to go forward as a young Christian, or an old Christian, or in your new phase of life? Stay connected to Jesus, to his love, to his words, to his joy. Without him, you can't do anything. But with him, there can be much fruit. Let me read verse 5 again to finish. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, I'll leave a moment for you to pray personally in response. Uh, to this before we have our last song. Well, shall we sing then our last song, uh, which is uh, a hymn, a song which very much has th this attitude in it of uh, in fruitfulness in the front line of being going through life but by having Christ very much with us and uh, being fruitful as we live life with him. Within the busy rush of life, I find a resting place.
Oh Lord, we praise you that we've been able to look at another of these grand statements of Jesus, I am the vine. We thank you for the way we've been able to think of the way in which it implies to us and our ongoing lives. Uh, we do want to be fruitful for your glory, for the good of others, uh, for the richness of life with you, lived with you. Lord, we do pray that we may be abiding in Christ increasingly, fully, that the circulation may be flowing and strong of his words, his love, his joy. And this we pray for your glory. Amen.